I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. This is the COB. It is Tuesday, the 10th of October. I'm Nadine Blaney. And I'm Danny Okuye. Danny, your shirt well-picked for the day that I was today. No, my, my green shirt doing its work. The uh, <laughs> ASX 200 actually rallying. It's, it's off its highs, but still up 75 points or just over 1%. And there we go, the SIBO 200 up almost 15 points or one and one tenth percent. So pretty great performance that we've seen. It sure is is when you consider we've got heightened awareness of all the violence mm. in the Middle East between Israel and Hamas. Uh, oil price is actually coming off a little bit. Yeah. Gold, you know, still displaying safe haven uh, status. But yeah, it's pretty incredible that we saw all 11 sectors higher. And of course, it did follow a session on Wall Street that while bond markets were closed, we did see equities higher as well. Yeah, uh, there were the um, some futures trading around in bonds as well as a, a, a an ETF called yeah. TLT, which tracks 20-year US Treasury yields. But it's really interesting. Let's turn to the three themes because I had a great chat with Ronnie Green today and he's just noting we've seen this dovish tone mm-hmm. starting to come out of the Fed and he was just sort of saying maybe when 30 year treasury yields got to five percent they were starting to get a little bit oh the tightening's getting a bit too tight so has the fed turned yeah doing the heavy lifting for the fed okay and uh look we obviously will touch upon some of the unrest with our guest host that's coming up martin crab from sean partners really pleased to see him here but we'll do a quick tour around some of these major sectors for those of you listening and watching at home not quite the enthusiasm as i said for the uh oil sector you know in the wake of yesterday's huge gains though you can still see woodside energy and it's not on the list but i think it's worthwhile mentioning that the ACCC did approve the brookfield-led takeover of origin energy as well at one point i think its shares were up by five and a half percent today absolutely and that may have been displayed somewhat there with the likes of agl up four and a half percent apa up two point Five percent, and uh, that comes off the back too of uh, some buying in more interest rate sensitive sectors, <coughs> which includes the likes of the um, well, they're the staples. They're firmer today. Yeah which is nice to see because they have been under the pump. But the REITs also, they were a lot stronger today, uh, particularly Charter Hall, which is one of the more volatile ones. And uh, yes, so interest rate sex- sensitive mm-hmm. sectors. I thought you were going to say sexy sectors. <laughs> I know, it's all going terribly uh, wrong. Well, well, tech, was, tech was higher today. Tech was higher so as well. if you want to talk sexy sectors, I don't know. Oh, Are you feeling like adding dear. growth to your portfolio locally? Not sure. <laughs> Too Danny. many tongue twisters today. <laughs> all right, let's see 
what rated in terms of yeah corporate stories i mentioned origin energy okay so finishing the day up by about five percent it was really interesting to note as well that virgin australia not listed yet but it put out a pretty solid profit upgrade and now we're getting reports coming through in the media that um, we're looking at a postponement of the ipo plans saying that uh, the owner which is bain capital of course will monitor some of the market conditions into net year or next year, I should say, Core Lithium. Mm. Now, there was a broker note coming from City, and I think it was on valuation grounds that it did right. upgrade it. Yep. Um, Pilper, I noted today, though, Danny, it was one of the worst performers yesterday, if you recall. It was one of the best performers last time I looked today. Yeah, up 6%. That's yeah. pretty cracking. And uh, yeah, that's uh, maybe just these stocks just got so washed out. Some yeah. of the brokers are coming through with some some upgrades. And just beaten down names today doing well. Um, Absolutely. But Linus had a new chair. I don't know if um, you saw that. I actually just saw that coming through over the weekend. And Weebit Nano, so the company is confirming that its Israel-based operations have been unaffected mm. by those Hamas-led attacks over the weekend because... Um, you know, Israel really is, you know, a center for innovation. A lot of these tech companies totally. um, come from yep. Israel. And yeah, I had a conversation earlier with just some of the economic um, devastation that this will bring clearly mm. to Gaza because there was an agreement mm. to bring some of the workers across from Gaza yep. into Israel. But yep. um, look, we'll touch upon that a little bit later in the piece. Mm. Um, Pilbara. Pilbara. Of the day. Oh, yes. Let's let's hear what our experts had to say. I think it might have been a Rudy Philippe van Dyke and a, uh, who's the other guest? <laughs> Sean. That's me. <laughs> well, they gave me a hard time yeah. on the call. Yeah, it, yeah, it was um, Sean Cartwright from NDR <laughs> Sean Capital. Cartwright. I knew it was Sean. <laughs> Usually, the great investors in commodities always tell you: you buy them when they're down, yeah. and you and you and you just sit down on, until the, the, yeah. the bounce comes. Because the way these stocks trade, the difference between going down and going up is absolutely yeah. massive. Yeah. And before you know it, the share price can easily double or triple, okay. uh, given that they went down by 40, yeah. 50 percent before that. Pilbara is one of the largest producers in the country. They've got further exploration activities they're working on and their scale. And in some of the research that we put together only uh, a month or two ago, looking at the, um, looking at the net zero <coughs> targets that we've set for 2030, if we're to meet those, every lithium project currently known to man, even if they come online in 2030, there's gonna be a 55% shortfall in the amount of lithium we need to, <laughs> to, to feed these batteries. Mm. So when you look at the data, if City are a little bit right and it tracks sideways for a while, over the long term, there is so much upside. I have to put a buy on Pilbara at these prices. So that is, I think they're, they're getting a bit rare. That was a rare double buy coming from our guests in relation to Pilbara Minerals. Lovely. Excellent. Yeah. So you'll have to listen to that full episode of the CEO or the call, I should say to get their full investment thesis. But shall we turn to bigger picture? Absolutely. And, and uh, our guest, uh, we have Martin Akrab in the studio from Shore and Partners. Martin, lovely to see you. Thank Great you for coming you. in. And uh, just looking at these interest rates being repriced. I mean, I was talking more dovish Fed, but we have seen some movement, haven't yeah. we, in the rates markets? Massive moves. So the, as you said, Columbus Day holiday, there was no trading. Mm. 
in US Treasuries, but there's ETFs, zeros and TLTs and these other things that were up two and a half, three percent. And the the futures market, I think the 10-year bonds rallied 16 basis mm. points during the session, which is a massive move. Mm. So we're back to sort of 4.6 mm. on the US 10s, which were knocking on the door of five not mm. that long ago. And I think the two Fed speakers overnight kind of just got people thinking, well, hang on, most, um, you know, most commentators um, don't understand the, the mechanism, the, the money, monetary policy transfer mechanism in the US market. Mm. We look at it here in Australia, the market's priced out any rate hikes. And the reason for that is they now don't think the Fed's going to go because people buy a mortgage in the US, it's 30-year fixed mm-hmm. rate, right? So it's what happens at the long end of the curve mm. that influences people's behaviour. And what's been happening at the long end of the curve is those 30-year treasuries are up to almost 8%. Mm which is crippling, right? There's no way you're going to buy a house and lock in an 8% mortgage mm. unless you work in Silicon Valley or a coder or something like that and you can afford the, the 8% a year. So that's, so that's doing the work of the Fed. That move mm. higher in long-term rates is doing the work of the Fed. And that's kind of what they said. Well, okay, if the long end of the curve is doing all the work, then maybe the short end doesn't need to move any higher. Mm. And that's kind of what the market's gone. Light bulb moment. Mm. We don't need more rate hikes. So mm. the Fed don't go on the 2nd of November, then we're not going on the 7th of November. Mm. Even if this CPI on on Thursday's a little bit uh, you know heavy, and the Aussie CPI on the twenty sixth is a little bit heavy, if the Fed doesn't go, I, I can't see the RBA going. So so there's in, you've seen this big shift in the narrative in twenty four hours. You know we've gone from being worried about geopolitical risk and what's happening in the Middle East and oil prices and that's inflationary and you know to all, all of a sudden it's like a massive rally in the long end of the bond market. So it just shows how fickle the market is. It, it, it is and. Are you also in there assuming that the Fed is not going to be fickle in that if equities continue to rally, like there are, the Fed has said that they're not really worried about financial stability risks. No. So you don't think even if we start to see a big rally in equities off the back of these changing expectations for yeah. rates that, that that's not going to spook the Fed? Yeah, I mean, I, they, they try to play a straight bat on this in, in terms of saying we're looking at inflation, we're looking at unemployment. Yeah. And, you know, financial markets beyond the financial stability issues like we have with Silicon Valley and First Republic, et cetera, that's really outside their purview. So it doesn't really matter what, what Wall Street's doing. It's really what's happening in Main Street mm. and in particular in around financial stability. So the, they're continuing to sell because um, one of the reasons you've got this term premium is the Fed itself is unwinding this massive balance mm-hmm. sheet, right? So it's gone from you know $9 trillion to $8 trillion of treasury. So it's dumped a trillion dollars of treasuries in the past 12 months. And that's put pressure because they're all long-dated US treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. So they're actually part of the reason that you got mm. this term premium. So it's a little bit self-reinforcing, but I think I don't think Wall Street's going sorry, I don't think the Fed's going to worry too much in Wall Street rallies. Okay. So my question as well is I read a note on the weekend that was particularly worrisome when it comes to the state of a lot of the regional banks in the mm, US. Mm. Do you think that we're sort of sleepwalking into some sort of a bank crisis in the US? Yeah, again? so the the big issue there, there's two big issues. One is um, Loss, losses on unrealized losses mm. on treasury um, positions, which is what blew Silicon Valley Bank up. And the second one is commercial real estate loans. And if you mark both of those to market, some of the grim. four and a half thousand banks that are out there are technically insolvent. Mm. So the Fed sort of solved that by a thing called the term pro term funding program or something it is it's called um, and it's um, where the where a bank can hand back its treasuries at par to the Fed. 
So not at market value, because if it's a 10 or 30 year bond, it's probably halved in value. Um, it doesn't have to sell it at market. It can hand it back to the Fed at par and the Fed will hold it for it. Okay. So that sort of closed that risk right down. And they did that after Silicon Valley Bank. But the commercial real estate one's still a, still a live issue. And there are some regional banks that are trading at like half times book because the market's saying, look, yeah. if you guys, you guys can't hand your real estate back to the Fed, you can hand your treasuries back, but you can't hand your real estate back. So you're going to have to work that through. So, you know, is, is that a risk? Yes. Is it a major risk? Probably not. Okay. Yeah, mm. Maybe let's turn home with what's going on with iron ore mm. upgrades, which is really interesting because everyone yeah. has been quite surprised by the resilience of that market. Yeah. You know, we know the narrative, China, wait, what on earth is iron ore doing? So yeah. what are the, the big investment houses doing, Mark? Well, there's probably three big investment banks that we speak to that have all upgraded their long-term iron ore for- forecasts in the past couple of weeks, one based in South America and a couple here. And they've moved it from sort of 65 bucks to 85 bucks. So it's a big move up. Mm. And it comes back to the, well, okay, the, the iron ore price in Aussie dollars on that chart is, is at 180 bucks. And, you know, they can dig it out of the ground at 20 or 30. So you think they're making mm. a mint. Surely the price has got to come back. But the issue that's happening, and Rio talked about this in their Pilbara site tool, which is ongoing, is their costs are going up. So they they mm. they guided their costs up to twenty dollars a wet metric ton US, and I think they've been sort of fifteen or sixteen. So the whole cost curve's shifting up, and China's always had a pretty high cost structure. But the fact is, China's not slowing down dramatically. It's not probably it's not going to pump prime its real estate market like it has done. But they're still building stuff, and so their demands holding up and then we've got emerging um, economies like India who are increasing their consumption. So Rio talked about consumption growing from 1.7 billion tonnes to 2 billion tonnes, albeit over the next sort of 10 years. So no sort of massive decline and costs going up. So all that means we're not going to get 60 buck iron ore or 50 buck iron ore, which is what everyone thought we were going to get. Mm. We might get 75 or $80 iron ore long term, in which case those stocks don't look too expensive. So we haven't seen share prices move, but we've certainly seen upgrades to target prices and, and earnings estimates on the back of it. Okay. Um, let's get stock specific. I did mention that takeover of Origin Energy. I mentioned mm. there's reports, at least, that Virgin Australia might delay the IPO. Mm. So we've got Newcrest exiting the market. We've got, you know, mm. what's going to be left? Yeah. Well, it's interesting <laughs> that three out of the top 100 companies have all got takeover bids live. Mm, yeah. I mean, Newcrest is done. I think Newmont's oh, yeah. going to get that. So that's going to go. It now looks like Origin's going to mm. go. The other one's Liontown. Mm-hmm. So Liontown Resources got put in the 100 despite it having a takeover bid to it, which is interesting. <laughs> Why would you put a stock S&P, that, yes, anyway, so, S&P, yeah. in their wisdom? Um, so that might disappear as well. Um, it wasn't that long ago that someone bid for Ramsey Healthcare. So there's yeah, another one with right, a question yeah. mark over it. So you kind of got maybe four or 5% of the Aussie markets yeah. just going to be taken off the boards. Now, this is not a new thing. If you look back at the ASX 100 a decade ago, you'll find lots of stocks that aren't there anymore that have been taken over, whether it's Coca-Cola or Sydney airports. There's a, there's yeah. a heap of them, right? Yeah. So, But it's just interesting that that M&A cycle is happening at a time where the IPO market is almost closed. Yeah. You know, We've sort of got Air Trunk. There's a deal that we're on, Tasmia, but there's not many others in the pipeline, mm. as you said. So it's interesting that you know the market's shrinking in some respects. 
Yeah, mm. and in the small end, there's been a, a number of takeovers, particularly in tech as well. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. a lot of activity. It's a really yeah. interesting yeah. dynamic. Maybe it's time for Canva to come to our market as opposed to going to, to Nasdaq. They might but, get a higher valuation than Nasdaq. Oh, well, you know, dual <laughs> listing, dual <laughs> listing, man. But let's uh, have a look at some of those longer duration stocks, as yeah. they're called, yeah. you know, yeah. technology stocks. Again, some of them got quite beaten down recently. I yeah. mean, we probably all should have had our little buying boots on. Um, you know, have we missed the boat? I don't think so. I think there's this concept of duration, which I think increasing numbers of investors are understanding what that means. And it's about convexity without getting too technical. So the longer duration, the, the further out the earnings are, the higher the convexity of the stock is. And so it moves more when longer term interest rates move. So you've seen a big sell off in growth stocks last month in particular, through no fault of their own. So Altium was down 10%, WiseTech's down you know, probably 20 or 30%. Mm. They did have an earnings uh, issue. But a lot of these other quality growth stocks have been beaten up just because of that move in long term interest rates. Now, that's looking like it's starting to unwind. I mean, one day, you know, it, what is it? A swallow doesn't make a summer. Um, but, you know, early signs as that long term interest rate starts to come down again, mm. those stocks will get a bid. So we saw that today in spades, some of the big moves in, in the market today with those long term growth stocks. And, you know, we've got a handful, you know, whether it's, um, Altium, Aristocrat, CSL, ResMed, Macquarie Group, you know, there's a few in that camp, all of, all of whom will perform quite well if this long-term interest rate continues to come down. I have to ask, just because you said ResMed, ResMed too beaten down, crazy buying up. No, no, we, we love ResMed. We've yeah. been, we've been not, not quite backing the truck up, but pretty close to backing the truck <laughs> yeah. up. Um, when it got down to that $21 level, look, We've had a look at GLP-1, we've looked at the obesity epidemic, we've tried to you know, calibrate those two. There is clearly going to be some impact to obstructive sleep apnea if everyone takes this drug, but not everyone can afford no. to take this that, drug. Take it's this very drug expensive. and take this drug forever. Yeah, that's right. So, and also there's a lot of side effects, which I've heard this, it's pretty grim, some of them too. Yeah, if you if you go back 20 years when bariatric surgery first oh, became a thing, Jamie everyone said the same mm. thing, right? Mm. Everyone's going to get bariatric surgery. There's going to be no fat people and, and you don't need sleep apnea masks anymore. That was the kind of conclusion. That clearly hasn't been the case. Mm. There's a billion obese people in the world, most of whom are diagnosed with sleep apnea so we're big fans of ResMed and you get these these uh, opportunities occasionally in the market where a really good quality business gets sold off dramatically and it's a great opportunity to buy it so we really like it yeah you get that and you also get stories like this that almost take on a life of their own you know all of a sudden yeah. the world has changed because um, I can't say it is Empic. No, yeah, and the poor people who are diabetic and actually really need it can't get their hands on That's it. That's right. Anyhow. You can't get it in Australia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, look, Martin, we're going to have to wrap it just for time, yep. but it's always good to have you here with us. Great Thank you so here. much. Thank you. We didn't get to talk to you about US earnings, but I'm sure we will uh, next week. Okay, just to take you through quickly some of these market leaders, because I think we've probably covered off a lot of the, the key things. Absolutely. There we go. Cool Beaten down things. companies, yep. broker notes. Yep, absolutely. Cobra there. Yep. From yesterday's worst, one of the worst to, you know, one of the best today. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know anything about neuron pharmaceuticals or 3%. I feel like I saw some news associated with that. So you keep talking. Yeah, I'll look and, that up. Oh, well, that was up strongly yesterday off the back of those higher oil prices. A bit of profit taking coming in there. NIB Holdings often also off 1%. You never know. You might see some of the insurance companies, uh, maybe some profit taking might start to sneak in if we do see bond yields moving down slightly. CSR also off by just over a percent. Newcrest well had a huge rally yesterday, so no surprises there in terms of a bit of bit of a 
Nothing any news to answer the no. question. Um, in the small to mid cap space, just quickly brain chip. There's never really not. <laughs> Atlantic Lithium got the go ahead to move some wires around one of its projects right. that put a rocket under its share price. <laughs> and Amero, I'm showing off here now. It actually has decided to shutter all of its Australian um, operations, all oh, of its, okay. divest all its property. It's going to move fully to focus on the United States. Fair so that's enough. why it was up by close to 12%. There we go. And uh, losers in the small caps. Uh, nothing really on my mm. energy. Wasn't Lease Energy Limited, wasn't that, that yesterday? Was, yeah, one of the best performers. Yeah, or anyway, worst performers, so volatile. Who knows? Let's get a look at what's happening here tonight. Well, not here tonight, but around the place. We've got the NFIB Small Business Optimism Index coming through, and we've got a whole bunch of Fed speakers yet again. More, more yeah. Fed speakers. That'll keep us on our toes. Maybe they'll come back and contradict everything that was said last night. <laughs> Don't know. Uh, today we had the NAB Business Survey, which we haven't touched upon, which showed you know real resilience yep. in conditions. Some good, some uh, really optimistic, de- yeah, pricing on cost, cost deep. Well, cost yeah, cost coming down, which was really interesting, and uh, price rises easing off, which I thought was very interesting. And uh, apparently, U.S. Fed minutes uh, also coming out. That must be that's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep. Um, okay. Pepsi is reporting tonight, if anyone's interested. Bank of Queensland earnings uh, report tomorrow. And we've got some AGMs. Yeah. Oh, interesting. CSL, Commonwealth and IAG. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought up PepsiCo because if you were listening closely yesterday, you would have heard us talking about, you know, whether or not there'd be any sort of, mm. uh, amidst other, you know, economic indicators, any mention of Zempic <laughs> and these weight loss drugs that we're giving free advertising to constantly. But here's a chart I found via the Daily Shot. I thought this was really interesting because they put up this chart showing, I think we've got it, guys, yeah. Um, Mondelez, a food company, yep. PepsiCo, See, McDonald's, Donald's. Yum Brands, and Wendy's. And they have drawn the conclusion by this price action that it could be a reflection, these dramatic drops in True. the share price, yep. to do with some of the yep. narrative, at least, around these weight loss yep. drugs, which you know I just and, thought was an mm. interesting thing as a PS to our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And Coke's been sold off <laughs> as well. And I was picking up that a lot of stocks like Pepsi and Coke, they're trading back down to earnings multiples that we haven't seen for over a decade. So, yeah. I mean, and it could you know, be to do with you know consumer spending and everything yeah, as well, uh, but yeah. interesting to see how these things can pick up steam. Oh, totally. All the narrative. narrative. Speaking of narratives, I just want to mention had a great chat with Simon Holmes Accord yeah. about small modular reactors in North America. He's just done a big trip over there, and uh, just if you're into uranium, really interesting. And we also yeah. had another special guest today, Peter Harcher. I was going to say you had a lot of good conversations today. I'm a little bit, bit jealous. Of, a bit of a cheeky girl here yeah. but um peter harches is also really well worth listening to what's going on with israel etc etc mm-hmm. he brings so much color to the conversation and obviously it's a really tough subject what's going on over there but i just think for all investors it's definitely worth listening to in terms of potential escalation yep. not saying it's going to happen but just two rather interesting guests that we had today what i'll do is if you're familiar with the website osbiz.com.au if you scroll down you can actually get to different um, areas of the website and so i'll put that interview under editors picks and the simon holmes court one as well so just it's an easier way to find them on the website but we've got a whole bunch of interviews that we've done throughout exactly. the day-to-day that you Lots can catch more. up with um We'd love it if you did. In the meantime, uh, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning. Have a great night.